Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. God bless you. Good morning. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, MIP is COVID free. Free meaning you don't need a subscription to MIP every day now for a limited time. While we endure this pandemic, we want to make it available to everyone. So wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pandora, MIP is COVID free and available to you and everyone without a subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest was the first woman elected uh, district attorney in San Francisco, the first woman elected attorney general in the state of California. And now, of course, she serves as the U.S. senator from the state of California, former presidential candidate Senator Kamala Harris joins us now. How are you, Senator, and how are you and your family members doing in this uh, in this crisis? Thank you, Mark. It's great to be with you, as always. And we are holding up you know and i hope all of your viewers and you and your family are well you know it's a tough time and um certainly i can speak for myself and say that i I do realize all the blessings that i have um when i look at how many folks are suffering so so immensely so all is all is good and um i have not gone home to california i stayed in dc to keep fighting on what we need to get in terms of these relief packages so that's where you find me today so the the latest relief package is is coming forward, but um, I think you've already indicated it's still not quite enough, is it? It, it, it listen the the last one we call it COVID three the the two trillion dollar package. 
you know, we every Democrat initially voted against it. Uh, we fought for some more relief and then vote reluctantly, I can speak for myself, reluctantly voted for it because it just needed to meet the moment in terms of the crisis at that time. Mm-hmm. But it was not enough. And so then this week, uh, today, the House is voting. We, um, we fought for more because, of course, the small business money ran out within just over a week. Um, there's still more that needs to be happening in terms of putting tests um, in, in communities. And so that's what happened in terms of this last vote. But it's not only not enough, it just does not meet the crisis adequately. And so I'm here fighting for what we hope will be in the next bill and we're gonna fight for it. And, and it's a range of things that include, we need to make sure that we not only have free testing, which we did fight for and get, but that there's gonna be free treatment. Um, I'm fighting to say that we need to make sure that the federal government is collecting data based on race. Because as we predicted, um, the disparities that have long existed in America, in particular for black folks on on economic issues, health issues, education issues, they've now just been put under a microscope around this pandemic and those disparities are even greater. And so I'm saying as, as many of my colleagues have joined that we will demand that the federal government collect data based on race. Why? Because we, we need to know so there can be an accounting for the issue, but also so that we distribute resources based on need and that we can target those resources based on need. But also I'll tell you, Mark, I'm focused not only what we need to do around testing and treatment, but looking ahead, I'm very concerned that at the point that there is a vaccine, it probably will not be in mass production and so we also need to be putting down land of the path now to, to be prepared to fight to make sure that all people have equal access to the vaccine and not just those who have access to power or resources. Because once the vaccine hits the ground, once we have a vaccine, that's gonna determine who can go back to work. It's gonna determine a number of factors. And we don't wanna have yet in this pandemic a second and third class citizenry who do not have access to power, to access to wealth, and therefore no, reduced access or no access to what can actually save their lives and make them healthy. Yeah, that's very important. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that disproportionality when it comes to African-Americans, and, and that's shameful. By the same token, if I'm not mistaken, you have introduced legislation to deal with the food crisis as well, that's correct? Right. That's right. So look, we got folks waiting, standing in, in, in food lines at food banks for hours and hours. You, you, your viewers, I'm sure have seen parking lots um, full of cars waiting for hours to get food. Um, as of today, 26 million people just in the last five weeks lost their jobs. Mm. And you'll remember me talking about this for the whole year I was running for president before the pandemic hit, which is almost half of American families cannot afford a $400 unexpected expense. Then you add on top of it, 26 million people within five weeks losing their jobs. And people are struggling and, 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 and are in many cases um, really food insecure and starving. Like let's just, food insecure is a lovely word that policy people use. Folks are hungry. 
and babies are hungry. Part of what I've been fighting for with many others is we need to ex extend SNAP benefits. Because SNAP benefits, as we used to call it food stamps, is about hungry children that need to be fed. We didn't get that in the last bill. And that's part of what we're fighting with the Republicans to get next. But food insecurity is a real issue. Um, another way that I'm looking at this is also among our college students. So my alma mater, Howard University, did a study where up to 70% of the students there, now this is a study from 2019, Mark, mm -hmm. up to 70% of the students there were food insecure. Yeah, yeah. Right? Now these kids are, they, they, were, they left campus. Um, many of them were on SNAP. They had, they had campus jobs, work-study jobs that allowed them to qualify for SNAP benefits. Now they don't have those jobs. So I'm very concerned about whole populations of people um, who are in need of support and, and literally basic support like food and food assistance. And so these are some of the things that we're fighting for. There was money in the last bill um, to go toward food assistance, but it, it's just not enough. And so again, that's why I'm here fighting along with so many of us. You also have introduced legislation to deal uh, with access to the ballot box in the midst of this pandemic, because we know that's going to be a problem in November, and your colleagues from across the aisle would probably like to continue to limit access to the ballot box, would they? Yes. So this is not a new issue for us in the history of this country. Okay. Um, you know, one of the last public events that I did with a lot of people was to go to Selma, and, and along with members of the Congressional Black Caucus and other members of Congress to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge with John Lewis to commemorate Bloody Sunday when people, their lives were threatened and blood was shed because 50 years ago, over 50 years ago now, people were dying for the right to vote because there were forces in this country and laws that said that black folks could not vote. Mm -hmm. So that was not very long ago. And now we look at it and you have, so what is the classic voter suppression along with in 2013, the United States Supreme Court gutted the Voting Rights Act in a case called Shelby v. Holder, wherein right after that, almost two dozen states immediately, those Republican legislatures put in place laws to make it difficult, if not impossible, for folks to vote, students, Native Americans, and Black folks, to the point that a court of appeal reviewing one of those laws in North Carolina said the law was written with, quote, surgical precision to prevent Black folks from voting. Okay, so you have all of that. Then you have 2016, where, and I serve on the Senate Intelligence Committee. That's right, you all have some views too, yeah. Right, and so we have publicly published the findings of investigations by the intelligence community of the United States, which make it very clear Russia interfered in the election of the President of the United States in 2016. Well, here's one of the ways they did it. They basically exposed America's Achilles heel, which is the issue of race. And in that way, they targeted black voters attempting to take advantage of what was already distrust of the system, righteous distrust, and, and uh, with a misinformation campaign to do what? 
to turn people off, to, to make people say, you know, I'm not messing with that. That's just too messy. I got to go pick up my kids, right? Well, the net effect of that is what? Voter suppression. Right. So you've got the classic voter suppression. You've got the Russian interference. And then fast forward to today, we have the coronavirus. And so you have Republicans in Wisconsin, for example, forcing a vote because they thought people wouldn't come out and vote, right? But people stood in those lines for two and three hours. But also now we know over half a dozen people or even a dozen people have tested positive for COVID-19 because they had to stand in those lines. All of that to say, I have a bill and I am proposing what is called the Vote Safe Act, which is about three things. One, it, well, it's a $5 billion grant to states to encourage one, vote by mail, I'm from California, we have vote by mail. It is really easy. You just get the thing in the mail, you sit down at your kitchen table with a cup of coffee, you know, call up your friends and see who you're gonna vote for, or look up in the paper who you, you know, who's being endorsed. Vote by mail. And you put it in the mailbox and, and it needs to be with free postage. Two, early voting. So my bill encourages that at least early voting is at least 20 days before the election. So people can build in around their schedule when is a convenient time to vote instead of only having the option of election day where things, you know, the car might break down, things happen. Three, safe voting. Because when it comes to certain populations of folks, including everyone who celebrates those folks who walk that Edmund Pettus Bridge, we have traditions of going to the polls on election day, and it's gonna be difficult to give up those traditions easily. So recognizing that, I'm saying, okay, so for people who just feel they must actually vote on election day, let's make it safe. And so that's about saying, let's do curbside voting. Let's make sure that the states are required to have a standard where they say, people shouldn't have to wait in line more than X number of minutes, not two and three hours, right? Um, I'm also saying in my bill that we need to make access easier because for so long it has been difficult for people who with voters with disabilities. So let's make access easier for them. Let's make access to voting easier for our Native American and indigenous populations, many of whom, if they live on a reservation, they don't have a post office. They don't have a postal address. And we got to make sure that we can get them there with ease, their ability to exercise their franchise to vote. So these are the things I'm proposing in my bill. But I will say this, on the issue of vote by mail, we have traditions and ceremonies almost about going to vote because we know we must honor the ancestors and all that blood that was shed. We have traditions of taking the kids, we have the traditions of souls to the polls. And what I want to say to everybody is, look, vote by mail is really easy. And, it, and you can honor the ancestors by voting by mail. And so we want to also start to incorporate new traditions around how we vote. Because what the ancestors wanted most is that we vote, that our voice is heard. And so I also want to just encourage folks to, to think about vote by mail. Don't listen to all that nonsense the Republicans and this president is trying to spew about, oh, um, you know, there's it's fraud, voter fraud. People are going to manipulate the system because, because he spoke the quiet part out loud, by the way, and said, basically, the reason he doesn't want people to vote by mail is because when people vote by mail, Republicans like Donald Trump don't win. Right, right. It, it expands the process. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about the rush to reopen uh, everything 
too soon or too early? I'm very concerned about it. You see what's happening in the state of Georgia, right? And um, that these these it's there's a bravado that you're hearing from politicians um, like the governor of Georgia, which is about about politics and and the guiding force at this moment in time has got to be not politics but public health. It's got to be public health. This is a pandemic. This is the nature of the core of this is a public health issue. And the public health issue is about a highly contagious disease, a virus, meaning people give it to each other when they're hanging out with each other. And it has resulted in an economic crisis. The cause is the public health crisis, the effect is the economic crisis, in addition to thousands of people dying every day in America from it. And we, yes, we need to open back up the economy at some point. People gotta be able to work and feed their children and pay the rent. But until we deal with the public health issue, we can't get to that place. And any reasonable, honest policymaker and elected person must speak truth even when people don't want to hear it. But that's again, Mark, why I'm here and so many of us are fighting for these packages. I'm saying, for example, during this period of time, people who have credit cards are probably gonna start buying food on those credit cards. So I have called for a suspension of interest and penalties and fees on credit cards for the next 120 days. I'm saying, People are gonna be late paying their bills. That's just a reality. When you have 26 million people who just lost their jobs with very little savings to rely on, people are gonna be late paying their bills. So I've said, and this is my background, having been Attorney General of California, that we need to suspend negative reporting to the credit score companies because people will be late, but suspend that negative credit reporting till we get through this. Because when we get through it, it'll take a lifetime for people to fix their credit scores. And what we want is at the end of this, people can get back up on their feet as quickly as possible. So these are the kinds of things that we're fighting for, acknowledging the reality of this. And the reality of this is this is awful. This is an awful situation. Yeah. It is horrible. And it has highlighted what we all know is moments like this impact the least of these who then deserve to have their government speak up for them to recognize their right to dignity to recognize their need to be lifted up in circumstance in situation and in spirit and you know this is the fight that we have right now you know where, where there are others who want to go and save big corporations we need to be saving those mom and pop um, businesses those businesses with 20 or less employees, the barbershop, the beauty shop, the, the, the flower shop. And so this is what I'm focused on. Uh, lastly, Senator, uh, you know me, so you know what I have to ask you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, we've been hanging out together too long now. Come on, yeah. be unpredictable. Be unpredictable. <laughs> That's okay, hard. I don't ask your question. It's your well, I, well, well, you know, every, everybody wants to know. 
uh, and I'm in a discussion daily, mm-hmm. online and offline, about what's going to happen. So, you know, where 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 are you? If if it were if the vice presidency were offered to you, would you accept it? Okay, I can give you a much longer answer, but my short answer is less cross that bridge when we get there, Mark. I mean, seriously, that's just where my head is. We are literally looking at a ticker tape every day. As of today, there are 48,300 people who have died from this thing. We have over 852,000 cases of COVID-19, and that's just among those who have been tested. And literally every day, people are dropping. Dropping, meaning they are dying. People are falling through the cracks. And, and, and this is that moment where people should, should expect that their government sees them and lifts them up. And so that's, that's really where my head is at. I'm just being honest with you. That's literally where my head is at. And yeah. we'll cross that other bridge when we get there. I mean, I'm honored to be in the discussion to the extent that people are, are, are talking about it, but it's not where my head is. Yeah, well, I, I know we all are, are grateful that you've not stopped, even though you ended your campaign, uh, and that was unfortunate in in the minds of many of us. Um, we had the presidential candidate forum in Selma, yes, the week before you got there, yes. and I, we started planning that months in in advance, and was so looking forward to you and Corey and others being there. Um, but uh, you've clearly not stopped. And you're still serving in the way we need you to serve. All of these and, things. And, and Corey has not stopped either. I just got to sure. speak for my brother Booker. He's he's been, um, you know, one of the things he's also championing. Which I just want to mention this before we end this, this interview. He's been fighting because New Jersey has a big issue with this, but but it's a national issue. Is for the United States Postal Service. Yes, yes, yes. Because you know the Trump administration is basically going to try and privatize. It's been part of their agenda for a while now to privatize the postal service. Right. Why am I bringing this up? For a number of reasons. One, vote by mail. We need a public postal service, not a private postal service where the motivation is going to be profit, right? Over making sure people are delivered, that, that their mail gets to them and that their mail gets out. Yeah. Here's the other thing. Let's not forget that and then also you notice how this Republican administration in this last bill, we had to fight and fight and did not get more relief for state and local governments. Why are you bringing this up, Kamala? Well, here's the thing. When we were trying to, um, to end discrimination in employment, when we were trying to push laws to, to require equal hiring, one of the first places where that equal hiring was happening was state and local government and places like the post office. How many of us know strong black middle-class families who all work for the post office? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And, when, and you look at state and local government, it is, it is probably the largest employer of women and minorities and in its history, one of the first mass employers of black people. That's right. So let's, you know, also see the connection and, and see the, the, you know, the, the connection and do the math on this. Uh, there is so much at stake right now. Yeah. So yeah. much at stake. And we got to fight on, we got to fight on multiple levels. We got to, you know, we got to know how to play chess on this. This is not a game of checkers. This is it not is. a game of checkers. 
Yes, ma'am. My father was a letter carrier for 30 years. There you in go. Washington, D.C. Amen. Right? Right. Yes, That's right. right. You know. That's real. Yeah. Yeah. Senator, always a pleasure to see you uh, and spend time with you. Thank you again for all that you're doing. And thank you for always being available for us, okay? Yes, of course. You take care. Be well. Be healthy. You too. Remember, let's let's reach out to, you know, our friends who live by themselves, our single friends. You know, let's remember so many of our seniors have lost one of their their places where they are most social, which is going to church, you know, and, and we just got to make sure we're reaching out to each other because even though we need to be physically isolated, we want to make sure nobody's emotionally isolated. That's right. Because um, we got to get through this healthy in every way. And the health of our bodies is not just from the neck down, it's also the neck up. So let's take care of all of that. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Senator Harris. Take care. God bless you. And you. All Thanks. right. Take care. All right. Thank you for listening to Make It Plain and Get Woke. Remember to listen, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. If all minds are clear, it has been Made Plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.